Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Wow, there is a lot to take in, and who better than David Schoen to join us now to break it all down. He is the former lead counsel for the second Trump impeachment trial. He's also a civil rights and criminal defense lawyer. Uh, David, your reaction to what has just been a stunning day, I think. Oh, thanks very much. I'll I'll pick up just on your last point about Judge Chutkin. Um, I have a case with her now. I've had a case pending for a couple of years uh, she's been very fair in that case, but she's clearly part of the crew like Judge Amy Berman Jackson, Judge Howell, Judge Maida on that court that are rabidly anti-Trump. It's not just uh, some of the things you mentioned. It's also she specifically wrote the opinion, said uh, presidents are not kings and Trump is not a president. And she wrote that uh, in sentencing one of the defendants, January 6th defendant, she said she recognized that he did all that he did for one man. That was Donald Trump. So I think those kinds of comments in a fair world really reflect at least the appearance of uh, partiality or appearance of bias and ought to be the basis for recusal. But um, I don't know what these lawyers are going to do. So the reaction is, I think, like many people, this is a political screed. Um, it's not a normal indictment. They, I think a couple of things are particularly offensive. They made it this long speaking indictment, laying out all of these purported facts and witness statements and so on. But of course, no one's there to challenge the credibility or the motivation of these witnesses. But people have the indictment and they read it and they live with that for the months and however long it takes till the trial. But then the government's going to come in and ask for a protective order, barring President Trump from speaking about it at all. So I think that's extraordinarily unfair. Um, And uh, I think that uh, it it is a sad day since they've criminalized conduct here that never should have been criminalized. There's an interesting piece, I have to say, you know, the reaction to the the indictment, of course, is as polarized as the country is. But interestingly, the New York Times today, of all places, has a piece by David Leonard, who's a, again, big anti-Trump person. And he said, sort of in resigned fashion, you know, we missed the opportunity here. They should have convicted him during the impeachment trial. That's when this stuff really could have been addressed, but they lost that. So he says that uh, Smith has taken a novel approach here now and that there are mixed reactions to whether the evidence seems strong, doesn't seem strong. It looks like it's going to revolve around Trump's state of mind. So he says it was some resignation. I was uh, pleased or impressed to see that, at least, you know, he recognized what this is, what it isn't. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, coming from the New York Times, that is very interesting, David. You know, I want to go back. Um, you had a couple really powerful points, and I want to talk about that protective order, um, because the judge said, essentially, um, if you violate sort of any of these rules, you could be held. I mean, that to me was an extraordinary statement. To basically say you can't influence the jury, you can't have contact with witnesses, that could be extremely broad. That's really concerning. And and when I when I saw that the judge even inferred that the president could put put behind bars if he violated it, how do how do you measure that? How do you here you're a president, you're a former president, you hope to be a future one, you're campaigning, you're the leading candidate, um, you want to get out there and you want to be able to say. 
you have a right to say, hey, I'm innocent. Uh, this, These are ridiculous. These are, you know, trumped up charges. These are, you know, persecution, as he said. But to go out there, he's doing all these rallies. How, where do you, how does she determine, well, maybe that comment could have influenced a jury uh, who's watching TV? I mean, I, this is so broad. And this gets into really even more dangerous territory. Right. And you'll see that these prosecutors, who I know quite well, uh, the two lead prosecutors, Cooney and Gaston, uh, I actually have a sanctions motion pending against them right now, uh, asking for a hearing uh, based on outrageous misconduct they engaged in another case that I have there. And in that case, in fact, the judge in the case said he was very concerned about their misconduct. And he was even more concerned that they didn't seem concerned about what they had done. So they're very aggressive. And they will, first of all, record every statement that his lawyer makes and that he makes, try to use it against them, uh, bring it up to the judge. And they will try to claim a violation of a protective order. And that's the danger you say. It chills speech. It's one thing to say, don't commit any other crimes, don't have a fire, you know, whatever they want to say. And the rules of the local rules in D.C. also prohibit comments that could influence the jury. But as you say, this is a unique situation. This is a battle for the presidency of the United States. And it's got to be fair game for this uh, former President Trump to be able to say, folks, they've just indicted me three times. I think soon to be four times. Have you ever heard of someone being indicted four times, let alone three times, uh, three times, let alone four times, and in the middle of an election campaign? What on earth would have taken them two, two and a half years to bring about this indictment? They had all of the information. They've tried many people so far uh, in related cases. So, you know, it's, it's very difficult to overlook uh, overlook that element. And as you say, to see the speech chilled here. Yeah. How do you determine? I mean, that's why that that is really scary. And to to say, you know, you could be held. Uh, I mean, that to me is a really it was a very chilling uh, sort of post uh, report that came out of the courtroom. When I saw that, I thought, oh, whoa, this is really scary stuff. And, and again, who determines what? And it, it, it kind of fits with where this whole case goes to, David Schoen, you know the president well. I know him well. Um, and here we are um, at this moment. What is your reaction to do you believe this is all just to bog him down for political reasons? He's in the throes of the campaign season. And also the date that this trial has been set is August 28th. Uh, that's when at least they're going to meet and determine a trial date at that time, uh, at least start the process at that point. But that's pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, she's going to have to set a trial of an extended date. I know that the prosecution is going to argue this case should move quickly. That's why I believe they didn't include as defendants the unindicted co-conspirators. That's why I believe they didn't charge insurrection as their, uh, you know, there's this adjunct group of people, Andrew Weissman, uh, Norm Eisen, Joyce Vance and others who take it as their life's work now to try to make sure that President Trump gets prosecuted. So they write up these model prosecution memos. And of course, the number two person in the Justice Department, Lisa Monaco, is an acolyte of Andrew Weissman. So you can be sure she sees them in their prosecution memo. Uh, in this case, they had suggested insurrection. But I think this Jack Smith, you know, wanted to have a more streamlined case. He knows that there'd be extraordinary defenses raised if insurrection were charged. And so I think he skipped it. So they're going to try to move it quickly. It's not a case that can be moved quickly. There are many defenses uh, to this um, to these charges. I hope that his lawyers are of a stature to recognize it. I'm concerned about that. Um, you know, they agreed to the uh, Todd Blanche agreed to the protective order in the Florida case. 
I think at every step here, everything that the government is doing is trying to put Donald Trump in a position where he can't campaign, he can't defend himself properly. I think you have to push back on all of that. Nothing is really should be treated as pro forma. So we'll see what they do here with the protective order. But, you know, that's also why, as you say, who decides? That's this judge. This judge will decide whether he has violated. She may warn him and so on. And you know, there's going to be pressure to stand up to Donald Trump. And, and uh, I, you know, I understood today that some of the other judges in the building actually sat in the courtroom. What was that meant to be? Some kind of show of solidarity or show of force? Uh, with just Chipkin, I, I don't know. That's really has terrible optic to me. Yeah, that I heard that too, uh, and that to me, I agree with you. Um, before I let you go, uh, David Schoen, uh, who was Trump's lead counsel on a second impeachment trial, I want to ask your thoughts, David, particularly vis-a-vis everything with Hunter Biden, all the stuff that's come out there now, um, and then you juxtapose it with what's going on at this moment with President Trump. Your thoughts about that? Well, as you know, many people have suggested that the timing of the events in the Trump indictments has been intended to coincide with exposure by uh, a relationship Hunter Biden and President Biden had with overseas officials and money and so on to sort of take the wind out of the sails of those disclosures. I, I see Hunter Biden as a pitiful sort of fellow. I mean, he's gone through whatever he's gone through. But the whole game changes when the president of the United States makes these uh, claims that clearly don't appear to be true, that he knew nothing about his son's business dealings. I mean, now they've got, you know, a witness to it all, a part, business partner to it all. It's really, uh, I think you're probably going to see at least, an, at least an impeachment inquiry so that they'll have greater resources in the House to fully investigate this thing. We know now, I think, pretty clearly that these statements made during the last campaign by President Biden on this subject simply weren't true. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with you that at least it warrants certainly a lot more investigation. Uh, and in some ways, boy, it um, it just highlights just the seriousness of those allegations vis-a-vis some of the things um, that they're going after Trump that we have seen in the last few months um, and last few years, as you know, all too well being there on the front lines. Uh, David Schoen, really great to have you here. One of the great attorneys out there. It's really wonderful to have you here on the show. It's an honor. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you very much, David Schoen, who is the lead counsel for the second Trump impeachment trial.